Okay, welcome to my show. Tonight we're going to be talking about metal detecting and treasure hunting with a cheaper metal detector. You don't need a lot of money to uh, start into this hobby. And my guest tonight is going to be Pete Netzel. He's from out in Montana way. And he's going to talk a little bit about his book that he published and the item that he found with a cheaper metal detector. Pete, welcome. Hi. Hi, Kenny. How are you doing? Real good. Okay. Uh, where do you want me to start on the, kind of the book? and what, or I'll, I'll start with what got me into metal detector. Okay. Um, back when I lived in La Crosse, after the military, I really didn't have a hobby. Uh, read a lot of different books uh, from the public library, and I ran across these uh, ones on treasure hunting, Thomas Ter- uh, Terry, and it turned out he was the local author, and uh, I basically called him on, uh, I had questions, you know, I read his books, I found his name in the phone book, and I called him and told him I liked this book, so I was thinking of getting one of these uh, things, you know, and uh, how much should I spend, and he said, Oh, don't spend a lot. If you're going to find anything, you will. Okay? So, you know, I had my heart set on a certain metal detector. And uh, actually, uh, we went to look at a guy that was a white stealer. I wanted this white MXC, you know. And uh, that ain't how it happened. I ended up... uh, what I started with was uh, a bounty hunter detector that was uh, minus the bounty hunter decal, and it was sold at Radio Shack, and the whole thing only costed $160. When, uh, how old were you when you started, Pete? Oh, uh, detecting, this was uh, 2001 or two. And uh, I finally got the detector because I had a, a surgery on my foot and I was off work long enough and I, I thought that's what actually made me take the old leap, you know, and go ahead and buy something to get out and hunt. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, this detector, it costed $160. It was basically uh, what you would buy for... Uh, your kid, getting him into the hobby or a Christmas present. Uh, we ended up going with the uh, rechargeable batteries and that. And uh, back at that time, uh, there was a lot of criticism even on rechargeable batteries. But uh, they were a big uh, savings down the road, you know. Right. right. Out. Yep. And, and uh, I think that's how everything goes now pretty much anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I started out, and I didn't know anybody that metal detected, or, and I didn't know of any clubs. And um, so I was hunting my yard to start with, you know. Mm-hmm. And we all started there, I'll tell you. <laughs> and so the first, I, I had my foot surgery, and that first night, I was out there on basically one leg digging up. Uh, really ate up uh, Lincoln pennies. You know how they 
get ate up uh, once they're in the ground. Oh, yeah. Period. Yep, we've dug a lot of them. So, anyway, there was so much change in that yard. Uh, and then the number of houses that were in town, I thought, gee, there must be just thousands of dollars out there. Free, you know. Yep. But uh, after... Uh, Doing a little bit of hunting, I'm starting to find a few silver coins and a few Indian heads and um, an occasional token. So, anyway, once you find a token, then you want to find out where it's from and you start to research it on the internet and stuff. And uh, anyway, it's just this this hobby snowballs on mm -hmm. you. <laughs> oh, yeah, digging up. History like this and finding out where it's from and where it came from, that's the fun part of this hobby. Yeah, so anyway, I had uh, eventually the, uh, I, I run across where they tore up sidewalk and there was a sidewalk uh, exposed strip and uh, there's more older coins under where the sidewalks tore up. Or a house demo where they shaved down the yard. Uh, I remember the first time I really discovered the house demo site. Uh, first Indian head I get is 1874. I had uh, went back even 50 years on from my oldest coin I had at that point. And so just just changing a, a, a type of site I'm hunting... So I'm not hunting through all that grass. Right. You know? And uh, anyway, when you're hunting where there's no grass and the ground's already exposed, you don't have to deal with people uh, thinking it's their place to complain and tell you you can't do that, you know? Right, yep. Uh, you're not destroying nothing. Uh, so anyway... Within a short uh, 18 months of uh, buying a metal detector, I was uh, trying to find a few more coins because it was getting near the end of the season before the ground froze. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, November 29th. And uh, I, uh, there was uh, a couple sites where there was uh, all this demo work. And I was going around to them trying to find, uh, I was trying for three more coins because I would have doubled how many of these uh, Indian heads, buffalo nickels, and silver coins that I had found from the previous year. I would have doubled if I could have got three coins. Mm -hmm. And so I drove around and I kept coming up empty because, I mean, I've hammered these spots. Other people were hammering these spots. Uh, and uh, I went to the one last one, and uh, I had told a friend to go in there and hunt it because he was—he only lived two blocks from it. And uh, anyway, he never did. And uh, the last I was there, they, were, they had a bobcat that they were uh, had parked in this one spot. And I show up on that day, and this bobcat's moved. So now I can uh, hunt this one little section of it exposed older dirt and I, I get this um the screw cap reading okay yep like now, a lot of us do that's this detector was the bounty hunter landstar metal detector 
Mm-hmm. I think at the time that thing sold for uh, $300 plus, but because it was bounty on a Radio Shack without the sticker, it was $160. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my, my first one was the uh, White's uh, Discriminator, the old blue box, heavy boat anchor type one. Yeah, and then uh, someone else I know, uh, that's Bruce. I won't say his last name because everybody uh, in your club knows who that is. Uh, he, 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 yeah, he's pretty modest. If you could get him on one of these podcasts, that'd be pretty good. Well, we'll work got, on it. Yeah, he's got one of the best gold coin stories. Um, you know, so him and his brother, that would be an awesome one for you. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, you, you identified me as living in Montana, but... Originally, I'm from Wisconsin and started this hobby in lacrosse. So, anyway, I'm at this spot and I get this screw cap reading and I stick in my trowel and I I pop up and the coin is kind of like flipping in the air. And, you know, when you hit something good, you kind of, your brain, you go, you know, get kind of, kind of quits working and I picked it up and I'm looking at it in uh, more of a shock state and uh, then there's I see Lady Liberty and 1843 on it wow. that's a gold coin gold coin I turn it over and I mean it's getting kind of dim out but you know the dirt on this coin yet uh, you could still see all the details and oh it had a D mint and I'm thinking, oh, Denver. And, it, you know, it took uh, a couple hours before later before I realized there was no Denver in 1843 mm-hmm. and that this this was Dahlonega, Georgia. And uh, so when I put that up on uh, on TreasureNet, uh, there was actually uh, people calling me a liar that I found that. Mm-hmm. Yet alone found it with such a cheap detector. And so uh, it ended up, uh, I did a story up and submitted that uh, Western Eastern Treasure. Uh, it made the uh, silver and gold issue that year and the, um, oh, what's that other yearly one they do? Lost Treasures? No, no, no. Best finds and silver and gold issues. Oh, okay. Of, uh, Western Eastern. Yep, yep. Only, yeah, only the uh, Western and Eastern for the best finds. You know, I, I send in with the article photos. Well, they misplaced the photos and used the wrong coin. Oh, no. You know, on top of it, you know. Right. So, but anyway, yeah, I took all, after we moved to Montana, the hunting wasn't as good. Um, I took all of the um, photos and a lot of the stuff I used to say and help people with on suggestions and uh, put out a book on, basically, uh, it's called Novice to Gold Coin, uh, Successful Treasure Hunting with Inexpensive Metal Detectors. Uh, And so I put it out about two years. Uh, Some paperback copies get bought. Uh, Kindles are common. Uh, it's about 300 some pages, the book. 
Uh, there's a lot of different sections. I did the book uh, altogether different than the uh, normal uh, metal detecting and how-to books. Yeah, I've got the book myself, and I've read it from cover to cover. It's yeah. a great book. Yeah, so it's basically how I learned, and I thought, well, this is an easy way of explaining how to use a detector without getting into uh, sensitivity and discrimination. I, uh, I basically uh, said, hey, find brass. And the smaller the brass targets you find, you're not going to miss old coins. And so I presented it that way instead of all these different setting things. Because uh, whoever's going to be probably using that book or needing that book is someone that ain't ever metal detected before. And they got to get so, used to the tones, too. That's one thing. Yeah, and the thing is, I... I I thought a book like that, um, if someone that never did that hobby, uh, say they got a detector in a book for Christmas, if they took the time to read that book and come spring, the first place they went was a demo or a yard, uh, sidewalk or a yard tear up. Right. Instead of going down to a park where everybody's hunted. Right. Uh, I think the potential is there for uh, the very first coin they ever dig up could be a seeded dime. It could be. For the for their first coin they ever find. Or definitely an Indian head. Well so. this summer my uh hunting buddy Mike Stunover, he found a uh bust dime. Yeah, the coins are out there. Uh, for lacrosse. I think um no that was uh founded around eighteen fifty something. Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, that the coin potential there, because I used to look at the Red Book and see all these potential coins I could find when I hunted that town. I believe coins that are 30 years older than the town a person's hunting in are potentially possible because of how long coins were in circulation, you know, and, and being used, you know, out of people's Well, that... That comes back into the the uh, research of this great hobby. Is they're going to have to research what, how, when the city came about, or the town came about, or the piece of property came about, and look at like plot books, uh, Sanborn maps, and do their research on this kind of property from years gone by. And you'd be surprised the stuff that they may come across. Yeah. And I had found this when I detected lacrosse is the oldest parts of town, that town that were closer to the river. When I got hunting in those areas, the, um, the coins from the 1860s and 1870s uh, were generally located in that area. And as I hunted places that were further and further from the original starting of the town, then I'm getting into the 1880 area, our predominant of what I'm finding, and a little further out the 1890s. So, uh, yeah, lacrosse, I pulled out uh, coins, you know, of course, from Denver and Philadelphia. I've had uh, Carson City Mints, New Orleans, the Delonica, and so... That 
you know, it helped me in a Mississippi River town and all that river traffic. Right. But um, that could have be the same, could hold true with a town that it was a heavy use by the railroads. Right. In the yep. old days. And so, you're also yeah, liable to find the uh, Chinese coins, too, around along the railroads uh, areas. Yeah, those I found uh, quite a few in La Crosse. They had uh, anywhere the trains came through, they had that. Um, but yeah, they're they're all over. <laughs> you find them all over, and I, I like there's uh, one town. Uh, towns in Montana have them, but uh, yeah, and there's so many. It's that those are difficult coins to research, and I when I worked at a uh, a place that sold gold and silver, well, they dealt in coins, too. Right. And you try to research these, there's books that are massively thick mm-hmm. on these Chinese coins. Yep. And I'm trying to find this one to find out how old and what dynasty, and here it never even was in the book. Wow. There's that many varieties. So, anyway, yeah, there's tons to learn on research, and, uh, Tokens, uh, Wisconsin, because you're there. Right. You're probably going to sell, sell some detectors there. Uh, a good library should have a Wisconsin State token book. Right. Uh, I found some tokens, and I got them mentioned in my metal detecting book. Mm-hmm. But they turned out to be worth over $100 a piece. Right. And someone new in the hobby, if all they got to do is check the Wisconsin State token book. And if they're not in there, uh, now, granted, they need the name of the business and the town, but if they're not in the state token book, the odds are you got a really good one. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, the collectors on, uh, will have bidding wars on eBay for those. I've had a few go well over 100. Oh, yeah. uh, Dog tax tags, if they find them, uh, uh, low number one, you know, closer to number one's the better for a year. Right. But uh, prior to 1900, those are usually $150 a piece or more. Mm-hmm. I found a tax token from Missouri, one cent tax token. It was down about nine inches in the ground. And I was hunting with the White's Eagle 2SL90 machine back in the... Uh, Early 1990s. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not sure on the value of the tax tokens. There were tons of them out because mm-hmm. they were they had to have enough to handle any all transactions. Right. So, uh, anyway, uh, anything else you want to ask? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it, it just goes to show you that. You can find things with a cheaper metal detector. You don't need to go out and spend a ton of money to buy a very expensive unit to find things. But the thing of it is, my recommendation is go to your local metal detecting shop and look at metal detectors, find out what the local laws are, get all the proper equipment that you're going to use to dig a a coin or whatever up and get proper digging techniques. You can probably set yourself up for about five, $600 total. That's with all the diggers, 
the knee pads, the leather gloves, the machine, the headphones, everything uh, to start out in this hobby. So it's a great hobby. I've been doing it for 50 years, and I've also got a book coming out, uh, Treasure Hunting Street and Sidewalk Tear-Ups in Wisconsin. So like I said, it, it's a great hobby. Pete's been doing it for a lot of years, and uh, I want to thank Pete for coming on tonight and talking about this great hobby. We'll have to have him back again. So I appreciate you jumping on tonight with me, Pete. Oh, no problem. If you ever want to chat again someday, let me know. All right. So there we go. So if you're interested in this hobby, get a hold of me. I also own Groundview Metal Detector Sales and Rental, 706 East Grand Avenue in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. I'm a Whites and Garrett's dealer. And you can find me on the web, www.groundviewmetaldetectors.biz. And also you can sign up for our newsletter that I put out twice a month at the bottom of the main page of my website. And if you want to send me an email, my email is kenny at groundviewmetaldetectors.biz. Until next time, happy hunting. Kenny. Yeah. Hey, are you still on? Yep, we're still on, Pete. Last thing, I found out today, I called uh, down to Arizona, and the uh, new uh, reality treasure hunting show, Lost Gold, uh, the by the Travel Channel. Uh, the first episode is supposed to be January 14th. And uh, anyway, that's the Thelmans, and they're hunting for different historic lost schools throughout the West. And uh, I'm on one episode at some point uh, on one of the weeks, and it's the Montana episode. But, yeah, the new uh, reality treasure hunting show, Lost Gold, uh, scheduled to air January 14th. Okay, appreciate right. it if you share that out with your uh, viewing audience. I will, Pete. Thanks for the information, and we'll put that down and listen in January then. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks, Pete. Take care. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, folks. We've been, like I said, we've been detecting for 50 years now. And uh, if I can be of any assistance, please contact me. Be glad to help out. So until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ken Briggs in the Treasure Hunting Corner. <laughs>